Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Hey, welcome everyone to Tuesday Baseball America Facebook Live. I'm John Manuel, joined by Kyle Glazer and JJ Cooper. I want to remind you that all of our Facebook Lives are brought to you by face Baseballism, not Facebaballism. That's Baseballism. Uh, baseballism is the official off-the-field brand of baseball. Offer apparel for men, women, and kids. Shop now at Baseballism.com. Enter the offer code BASHIP and receive free shipping on your order. That's Baseballism.com to shop for hats, shirts, and more. We're all decked out in our Baseballism shirts. They've got new shirts I saw. I, I love the new hoodie on my Instagram that had... Uh, would be catch on the left arm and throw on the right arm. And they, they have them for lefties as well with throw on the left arm and, and catch on the right arm. I don't know what Pat Venditti's going to do with his new baseballism, <laughs> but they need to have catch throw and catch throw, Just I suppose. everything. Just yeah, the word awesome. All of it, exactly. So, um, so we thank baseballism for their sponsorship. And, guys, um, it is definitely prospect season around here. A lot of us are like, okay, I'm coming in later, but i got a call right now. Or uh, we try to do face, uh, Facebook Live at 2 o'clock and then – Three o'clock, but we're on calls, so that happens a lot. We're not on call, we're on calls, uh, getting information to wrap up all of our league top 20 lists. Those start dropping Monday at BaseballAmerica.com. Uh, top 20 lists are free, 20 reports for subscribers. That's 320 scouting reports. This is really the kickoff of prospect season. So It's already here. So, but even in the midst of that, though, guys, it's also pennant race season, and we can't ignore that. And, Kyle, I don't think we've seen concurrently – streaks like we're seeing right now not that i can remember with the team that was the best team in baseball all the way up through august basically that can't win and last year's american league pennant winners and the cleveland indians that can't lose which one's a bigger surprise you the dodgers collapse or the indians 19 game win streak for me it's easily the dodgers collapse the indians were a team that early in the year they had some injuries it was it was clear they weren't 100 percent and you started to see them getting stronger getting stronger the fact that they're now running roughshod through the rest of the american league now they're pretty much well they're not really at full strength because they've had a few more injuries yeah. but the fact that they have gotten to this point and they are looking like the defending ale champs as they are doesn't surprise me now, i wouldn't have said they're going to win 20 straight but the fact that they have a big run like this doesn't shock me the dodgers Going 1-16, in 16. I mean, this is unprecedented. All the stats are out there about how no team that's ever won 90 games has ever had a stretch like this. We're now at a, over 100 years' worth of Major League Baseball. This is a team that could do no wrong. And even if you said, okay, we know some of these guys are going to regress, Chris Taylor's not going to put up a 950 right. OPS the entire year. 91-36 and 36 did look like an overachievement, but at the same time, it didn't look like a market correction was headed their way. At least not to this degree. And not only that, their one win is a one nothing win over the Padres during this right. entire stretch. I mean, this is a team that, you know, I went back and looked. During this stretch, the Dodgers are hitting 201 <laughs> as a team. It's hard to believe. They have a 599 ERA as a team. It's not one thing. This has been a total, complete collapse, top to bottom, order, rotation, bullpen. All they missed, JJ, is they just should have done this in the middle of August so we could have had total eclipse of the Dodgers puns <laughs> with, the, with the eclipse. No, I mean, that's the thing to me is, is that I, I am even-keeled dude. I, I pride myself on that. I don't, I, I, it's a 162-game season. 
The wins they have matter, they count just as much as the losses they have. That said, it's really hard to not get caught up in this and say, you know, because if we were talking three weeks ago, and I know that you're, you're, you were making the case for the Nationals a month ago, but if you were talking three weeks ago, the, the large favorite in the NL was the Dodgers. And right now, I mean, it does feel like it's not just a team that took its foot off the pedal. I mean, you follow this pretty closely, Cal. Where, how do you think, if you said right now, okay, the postseason starting, I mean, for one thing to me, the bullpen is kind of, behind, besides Jansen, it's in disarray. Well, Hero, they, have, they have multiple issues. It's not just one thing to fix. Right, and the thing with the bullpen, I think part of it is they started putting in all the call-ups, and they really just stopped using their best players, especially in the bullpen, giving warnings Wilmer Font, 17.18 ERA, Edward Paredes, 13.5, Fabio Castillo, 13.5. All these guys you're have saying come these up guys in aren't going to make the playoff roster. But I'm saying, but that's part of why they're losing these games now is they've started giving more and more innings to guys who really are not major leaguers. And then you have Josh Ravin, you know, 9.82. You take that, and then you add that Brandon Morrow has come back to earth a little bit. Josh Fields has come back Pedro to earth Baez. a little bit. Pedro Baez with his 20.25 ERA in the month of September, including blowing last night's game. Hoochie mama. I mean, it's a situation now where you take. But all the guys you've brought up are not major league caliber pitchers. And then the guys you have relied on to be major league caliber pitchers are not performing like it. It's just a perfect storm of everything going wrong. And even if you look at the position player side of things, Granderson, Verdugo, Peterson, Utley, Grandal, Forsythe, all of them have completely collapsed. We've and seen Granderson's been pretty bad since he came in. I run. mean, Cody Bellinger and Chris Taylor, look. Both of them are good players. They've come back to earth from where they were. What they were doing before was right. not 100% sustainable. I think what I saw Ken Rosenthal right the other day also um, was that uh, the, the record with El Titan, uh, with Adrian Gonzalez at first base, they're basically a 500 team when he plays, over the, which is really hard but to do he's only for played, a team over 40, 40 games or 500. But so, even with him, he's only played three games this month in September. But, so how, but how are they going to finagle that in the postseason? And are they the favorite in the postseason, even if they get – Corey Seager back, JJ. If, I mean, because that's that's been the biggest law uh, to me. That's, that's a, a that's one like, big right. difference. But he hasn't been their best player this year. He is their best hitter, just from a pure hitter standpoint. He's their best pure hitter. Uh, does getting Corey Seager back change things enough for them that they uh, are still? Are, and are they still a favorite for you in the National League? I think them and the Nats. It's going to be. I, I still think it's going to be one of those two. I mean, the Cup. I mean, it is now what it is what it's done is is it's made it. It feel as wide open. Again, this is what I love about baseball. I mean, we <laughs> talk about 162-game season and how, wow, how long it is and all that. But what it allows you to do, these are novels. These aren't short stories. Right. And so the Cubs who, in April and May, it's like, look at these Cubs. They're just, they're just nothing like they were last year. And when it's all said and done, the Cubs are going to be right in the middle of it. They should be. You know, and you look at the, the Dodgers, and the Dodgers looked unbeatable, and now you look, when you add it all up, you're like, no, this team has some vulnerabilities. And you look at it in the American League, and you know, we talk about, it's like, the Indians now are look stronger than they did. They don't look vulnerable. <laughs> to use the word you just used. They look, they look stronger now than they did, with the exception of, I would like a healthy Andrew Miller. You know, because right. we know that... They, they used Andrew Miller uh, in every possible way right. last but, October. But also because they had no healthy starting pitch. They had three healthy starters. This year, Kyle, they've got four or five healthy starters. And all their starters, I guess I, I can't say Kluber's better than he was last year because he's just, Klubot has been engaged and he is 
you know, running at full strength. But the rest of the rotation's better than it was last year. Carrasco's healthy. Trevor Bauer's better. They're just better in the rotation, so they don't have as crying of a need for Andrew Miller in the bullpen. And that's where, to me, the biggest change in a lot of ways the Indians from a couple months ago to now is having Trevor Bauer performing you yeah. know, full Bauer outage. I mean, <laughs> that's a guy who, when he's on, is ridiculous. Yeah, his command off. of his fastball is a lot better, and he's thrown a lot more breaking balls this year, and he's commanded that pitch very so well. So now you, I mean, people, I almost say people forget, but Carrasco and Salazar weren't there last October. Right. Now they're going to have Carrasco back. You mentioned if Trevor Bauer, if, if he can keep this going through October, you know, the Indians, you mentioned not having Andrew Miller. They've done this without Jason Kipnis. Right. Jose Ramirez missed a couple games, and now he's got uh, the forearm, the right. crazy injury. They've been, you know, Brad Zimmer's now out. They've been doing this not 100%, and that to me is what's amazing. The Dodgers, when they were running off all these wins, that was peak Dodgers, everyone healthy, mm -hmm. everyone performing, nothing has, could have gone wrong. The Indians are doing what they're doing now, missing key guys. Right. And to me, that's what makes us all the more incredible. You can legitimately argue that they're going to be even better when Jason Kipnis comes back, when Andrew Miller comes back. This is a scary, scary team. And they've team. talked about Kipnis, who yeah, and the going outfield. back to the outfield. This is a scary, scary team. I mean, you know, you, no team's going to say, oh, you know, the Astros and Red Sox aren't going to be quaking in their boots. But I, the Indians are the one team I don't want to see. If I'm an American League playoff contender, I want nothing to do with the Indians. They're talented, they're experienced, they're resilient. They're, there's not a, a hole you can look and, at and say, and have, oh, we can exploit this. And in the American League, the, the two pitchers that I do not want to face in the postseason, Kluber's one of them, Sale's the other. And the Indians own Chris Sale. That's kind of weird That's, how they have, they've had mm -hmm. success. Because certainly they've seen him a lot over the years. It is strange that this, the same... Uh, weakness that the Indians had last year in their lineup, which I would say is the outfield, is still kind of iffy for them right now. Losing Zimmer, I think, will hurt in that regard. Uh, some broken hands, I like he's not going to play again this year. Uh, Lonnie Chisenhall, meh. And then uh, Michael Brantley, in my mind, getting Michael Brantley back healthy would really help uh, quite a bit. But their their outfield depth, last year they had Brandon Geyer, Roger Davis playing every day. Obviously, they've had a big they hit for them. They put Santana in left field during the World right. Series. Right, <laughs> so I think they have better depth. Uh, Austin Jackson's a nice veteran extra guy. You know, he's going to hit left-handed pitching well. So I do like their Greg best Allen depth. Now, I was going to say, Austin, Austin, Austin Jackson greater than Coco Crisp? Um, this year, yes. I would say yes. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we'll see. Like, Greg Allen, maybe that's who sneaks out of their playoff roster. If you just want to put, like, Brantley, who's had some issues with his wheels, and you want someone in center field to cover a lot of ground, Greg Allen might be their... They're called just like in the, with the Nationals have Victor Robles up and very different prospects, but from young legs and mm -hmm. kind of Bryce Harper insurance. Uh, that's kind of interesting uh, for some of these prospects thrown into these important uh, in these uh, these teams. Let's take some of the questions that we have on uh, on the Facebook. Um, Chase Barnes asks, so, "Orioles season done?" Kyle, it seems like they have uh, backed up the last few days, and part of why they backed up was they ran into the Indians and got swept. It was. You know, I wrote about this three up, three down today. They brought in Jeremy Hellickson to try and help the pitching staff. He's been part of the problem. It's been horrendous. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, you know, we kept saying, we think the Orioles are going to turn around. Some of these guys are too good not to show you something. And it just didn't happen. They're yeah. now 71 and 73. You see all these other teams that are, you know, still playing a lot better baseball than they are. The time to make that run, I don't want to say it's over, but it's... 
it's close. Yeah, they have unless a, they win the last 13 or 14 straight, which I don't think anyone thinks they're going to do. Yeah, it's a very tough road to the playoffs. And they have they've fallen behind even the Rangers in the American League wild card. So right now you have the Twins with the second wild card spot behind the Yankees, then Angels, Rangers, and then you get down to to Baltimore. Um, no, you go Royals then Baltimore. Uh, and that's a, the the Baltimore. So I do think the so the answer is yes. Um, Joseph Battaglia, we already answered his question. Why are the Dodgers slumping so bad? Kino Perez, I just want to let you know, Kino, I threw BP to my son's team for 14 kids, at least 15 balls. So, yes, I've thrown a baseball. Come take BP off me. I throw down the gauntlet to you, Kino Perez. Um, on serious questions, uh, Brian Guerrero asked JJ, what has changed about Luis Severino? Brian, I'm just going to let you know it's Luis, not Lois Severino. Uh, knock on him used to be no use of the lower body in his deliveries. That's still true. JJ, I think this is overdone in prospect evaluation, that reliever delivery most major league pitchers right now, more than ever, Max Scherzer have reliever has, deliveries. Exactly. Max Scherzer has a reliever delivery. This guy's athletic as hell. At and Luis really what's happened is, is Luis Severino is a 23-year-old who's gone through natural development. Yep. And this is why he was one of the top prospects in baseball. We had him top 40, I know, in top 100 a few years ago, when he, before he, right before he graduated. There aren't many starters who can – he is basically the – Hardest throwing starting pitcher in baseball right yep. now in the U.S. Hmm. Go, you, if you if you throw he's got in, better command than Shohei Otani right now too. Better command than Shohei Otani. Otani may throw a little bit harder, but I, I, Severino's touched one one this year. I don't think you can find another starter out there who's touched one one this year. And no one know well Michael Kopech probably, but not saying right. in the For major league major league division. So, yeah, um, but yeah, I agree. I, I think Severino's just natural development, and the Yankees. Um, it's a pretty great success story, in my mind, for scouting player development there. Judge, Sanchez, Severino, those are their three best players. I mean, that's why they're a playoff team this year, because those how three guys. It that pretty the Yankees, cool. The Yankees did everything that we thought the Yankees, well, under the Steinbrenner era, they were incapable of doing, yeah. which is the George Steinbrenner era, I should say, but which is they actually took a step back, and the world didn't come to an end. Right. The Yes Network didn't fold, anything like that. <laughs> Their ratings did go down. Their ratings did go down, yes. When you lose, they do. But they went. They took a step back, but they gave time for Gary Sanchez, for Aaron Judge, for Luis Severino, who got shelled on a pretty regular basis as a 21-year-old, yeah. 22-year-old, to develop a bullpen also that has a lot of homegrown pieces to it, yep. in addition to you know guys they've acquired in trade. You, put it, you look at it, you put it all together, and, and it... Because of that, it actually makes it the most interesting, the most exciting Yankees mm -hmm. team to watch since the time. last homegrown team. And, and, and they've made a lot of really good trades, too. I think people look at, oh, they have all these free agent signings, but trades for guys who weren't necessarily you know, huge marquee guys. I mean, they, got, they bought Starlin Castro low. Yeah, he's had a nice year. Didi Gregorius was, you know, another guy they brought in, and Didi was a guy we knew him, but he was not anywhere what he's become. They've done a nice job, I think, finding guys, especially up the middle, combination trades, player development. The Yankees have built a really nice team where you look around, and say, are they perfect? No, right. But I mean, it's not like they have, oh, they're all pitching, but they don't really hit, or they're just a bunch of mashers that are trying to hold the pitching staff up, you know, by a thread. I think they've done a nice job, and as long as this bullpen holds up, and it's been shaky at various key points throughout right. the year, you know, they're not a team. I mean, they're going to be most likely a wild-card team, but if you ask wild-card teams that, you know, could hang with some of the division winners, no question about it. Yeah, they're going to be through, once you get through that one. You know, if you can make get that one win, then it's not much different. But if they're in that one game, which they're probably going to be, if 
they can line it up, Luis Severino has got to be the guy they line it up for. And they may have enough lead on that wild card to line it up. And 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 see if they still settle for that. And you consider who they would be facing. Irvin Santana for the Twins. If Garrett Richards is healthy and able to throw (laughs) enough innings... At, they're going to piggyback. they going to piggyback that for right. the Angels. It's, Johnny Holstaff for the Angels. It would be the uh, Garrett better than Johnny Hey, Je- Jesse yeah. Chavez has become uh, the second the second piggybacker for when they go short. I mean, the Yankees. It, really, even if it's not Severino, I mean, it could be some of the other guys. They probably still have a better starter out there than yes. the teams are likely mm-hmm. to be facing they have that a, one game playoff. They have advantages uh, in the starting rotation. Really, the, again, you would not have thought it, but the bullpen is kind of their issue right now. Um, Jeff Sainsbury makes the point that the Dodgers being this streaky makes them scarier for the playoffs. That's much losing means the pendulum has to swing back uh, to the wins may be extreme as well. I would argue that that pendulum swing already happened before. The 91-36 you know, was the earlier pendulum. Here's what I was thinking about this, though, and I went back and looked at The Dodgers have not been putting their best nine out on the field for a while now. They have not been using their best you know, best four, man, four men coming out of the bullpen for a while. They've been so busy making sure guys get rest mixing and matching, almost for the sake of mixing and matching, not because it actually makes their team better. I think that once they get back to putting their best nine on the field at a time, I actually think we'll see a little bit of an uptick. I, I think I do think there is a part of pulling, putting your foot off the pedal. They, they've been so good for so long this year that they have just had an epic, an epic collapse, and we're still saying... They're what four and they still have up? the best record in all of baseball. Right, it's really weird. Right. That's so, what we're so, talking about. So it is something where there is a part of this that yes, if you do not, if you're inside that, you know that clubhouse, if you're inside that front office, and you don't get too caught up in the gloom and doom of which is understandably hard to do because it's it's a pretty epic collapse right it's now. It's pretty doomy, pretty gloomy. It is, but if you can do that, they have lost. They truly have lost nothing right now. They have the best record in baseball. And as you said, if you get everyone healthy and say, okay, now, <laughs> Wilbur Font and all you guys, thank you for your service. <laughs> We're now back to the team that was the one that got us there. The question, though, is if they start playing the regulars more and still keep losing, what does that do to the psyche of that club? And that's, that's the hard part for Dave Roberts. And that's, that's why I say give it another week. And at that point, once you hit September 20th, especially the way things are going, the D-backs will only be about five games out, six <laughs> right. games out. Then you start putting the pedal out. Look, Justin Turner's still performing. Andre Ethier has come back from the dead. He's performed great. Austin Barnes That's is a hitting. Kike Hernandez is hitting. Yasiel Puig is playing well. Like, it's not like... They still have good players. They still have good players. When they're putting their best nine on the field, Seager gets back healthy. They stop messing around. I mean, look, Alex Vertugo is a really nice prospect. He's not ready for the big leagues right now. He's hitting 188. Curtis Granderson is not one of the nine best players on the Dodgers. Jock Peterson, even when he was struggling, was better than what Curtis Granderson was doing. They sent him back down. Once they get out of this mixing and matching, put our nine best on the field, I think we'll start winning again. We've got a couple of lightning round time for a few lightning round questions. Um, Dave Smith, are we going to see minor league Glasnow or the first half Glasnow in September? Kyle, you saw Glasnow pretty good. It was your first view of him ever. And first I know JJ, live. you've seen him a lot um, as well, but... You were impressed with the hard high grad? I was incredibly impressed. The fastball, the curveball. Look, the changeup is not a good pitch. And I was actually thinking, and I came in and talked to John about this a little bit, I almost wonder if he can be what Archie Bradley has been for the Diamondbacks. Mm-hmm. A guy that you wanted to be a starter, was a top prospect as a starter. Didn't work out. They put him in the bullpen. And by the way, Archie Bradley's contributions to the Diamondbacks this year in the bullpen have been greater 
than what a lot of starting pitchers have contributed to their clubs, good clubs, good pitchers. I think that sometimes we say, oh, reliever, and just assume reliever means inherently worse than a starter. And, mm -hmm. But at a certain point, when you're trying to win ball games, put the best pitchers on the field in the best positions to succeed, I mean, you go try and win a postseason game with a bad bullpen. Having Archie Bradley there significantly elevates the Diamondbacks, and I kind of wonder if Tyler Glass now can do the same for the Pirates. And the problem, I think, for the Pirates on that is, is that they need him. Like, if you're looking ahead, they can't be closing that door, even in a short-term period, of saying, because they're obviously not playing anything for anything this month, and you look ahead to 2018, they need to first, essentially, Archie Bradley somewhat did this. I mean, he didn't completely blow up any chance he had to start. By the way, this is, this is a Baseball America version of a lightning round. Yeah. <laughs> Go but, ahead. But he did a, uh, but, but they were now in a contending position where they need his contributions out of the pen. The Pirates are going to start next year saying, we need Glassman to start. He's going to have to basically, he's going to have to to blow up again as a starter before I think they... I think you definitely give him a shot. Yeah. But I do think that even if he ends up being that eighth inning flamethrower, Dellen Batances, Archie Bradley style, that's not, I mean, it's not the outcome you might have wanted, but it's not a bad outcome. Yeah, I think that's okay. I mean, they have, mm -hmm. I mean, it would be worse if they didn't have Mitch Keller, but they do have the guy who might be the best pitching prospect in the entire minor league. Absolutely. So, so uh, that... not that far that, away. That, he's definitely not that far away, and that, uh, that eases the sting a bit. Um... John Urquilia asked about the uh, Michael former uh, the uh, with the Tigers, his ulnar transposition surgery, which is basically a nerve being moved around in his forearm, and that does seem JJ to ding his trade value a little bit. Uh, he's not healthy, but what is the uh, my knowledge of that surgery is that guys come back from that okay. Mm -hmm. um, you certainly would rather not have surgery, than, you know, as opposed to having it. But this is not a death knell, but it does mean. If they try to re, it's going to be harder to trade him this offseason. You're not going to get as much for him. Right. I think you, it means you do not you trade, can't him, trade him. Yeah. If you're if you're the Tigers, you now say we are going to let a healthy Michael Fulmer. Ha he's not going to have as much value. I mean, even if yeah, let you him, say let, let him try to eat in the first half and trade him in July. Right. Like I just look at it and say, even if you the doctors say it's going well, it's going to be an offseason. You're not going to the team who's acquiring him is going to be looking to acquire him. Partly because you're buying low. I just blame it on the Mets. But here's, Mets my, pitchers here's get my issue. Why is he being talked about trade chip? This is a guy who's been in the majors two years. He's been rookie of the year and an all-star. This is a guy you build around. He's cheap. He's controllable. He's in his early 20s. Because all those things would bring a Massive. king's ransom. But again, if you're the Tigers and you're trying to build from the bottom, just as the Braves have wisely held on to Julio Tehran and said, let's use this guy as an anchor, build some guys around him so that when we can contend again, we still haven't. Look, if they get a crazy offer of, hey, we'll give you three top top 50 guys, okay, sure, fine, whatever. But shopping Michael Fulmer is not the wisest course of action for the Tigers. That's a guy you keep. I think there's an argument for that, and I, I, I think you may actually just made it, which is a, you may have pulled me over to your side because I thought it would have made sense for them to have dealt it. Um, we have a lot of questions from Brian Guerrero. Um, one of the things that he asked about, he's asked us about Mike Ford before. I will say Yankees instability at first base. That is what happens when you pin this to Greg Bird. He just, unfortunately for uh, the track record of Colorado prep hitters, Greg Bird can't stay healthy, and it's unfortunate. And Tyler Austin has kind of been that guy as well, uh, has traditionally not stayed healthy. So I do think if Mike Ford ever gets a shot and hits, he'll have a chance to keep that job. But I don't think he's the guy who's high in the Yankees' uh, pecking order there. 
also asked, uh, could, you, do you, could you see Major League Baseball ever testing wireless communication between pitcher and catcher? Uh, either of you guys, uh, do you ever see wireless my, headsets? My, my quickie version of it is, is that yes, and that is if they can get a multi-million dollar sponsorship. sponsorship where it is, oh look, they're taking it, he's getting the signal as brought in by, take your picture. Oh, no, so Motorola catcher's going to have a wireless uh, Bluetooth headset in the pitcher's ear? Right. I mean, why not? Yeah, they do it in the with quarterbacks. I I don't I don't have now, a, now in the NFL. A, how, have, how much a little different than a but now game. now in the NFL you literally have the dude who sits there holding the Microsoft <laughs> tablet like this. To, I mean, it's yes, it's blatant. If you can, if it can be sponsored, at some point you can you can. The change catcher's it. mask the will have it. Except the Microsoft tablets that don't work, as Bill Belichick the, will tell you. The thing is, the catcher would never give the signal. Maybe it would just go straight from the coach. And then you'd lose catchers calling pitches. I, I don't know. Be, I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm, so, I, I'm, just, I'm not saying it's good. It I'm just happen. saying. I think the catcher would have to like do some Morse code to tap it out to the pitcher, so it's not detectable. I don't know. Brian also asks: Is the performance of an entire organization correlated all with future performance at the big league level? The Yankee system is performing very well at all levels. I don't know that it necessarily correlates. I think it builds. I think we saw the Astros win in the minor leagues before they started winning in the major leagues. Part of that was minor league talent improved. Part of that, I think, was a building a culture of winning for their homegrown players. I do think there's merit to that argu argument. I don't know that there's necessarily correlation, JJ. We do see some evidence of it. Right. It, really, what we see more evidence of is, is generally the teams that are utterly bereft of talent are yeah. the ones. You, you, can, you can paper over lack of minor league talent with you know, minor league free agent signings, things like that. But a lot of times, the teams that are the ultimate worst are the teams who have no talent, and then they know they have no talent, so they're just they're going to lose. Um, the Astros of the uh, 9-10 uh, variety is what comes to mind. Uh, Chris Brown asked me a lot of questions from Jeff and Joseph. Thank you guys for tuning in. Chris Brown asks, which, if any, college position players can you see rising into the top five picks next year? Um, that's, you know, I, we, we had a just re-listen to the podcast we did at the end of August. If you uh, don't already know about it, Go search your iTunes. We did a one-hour-long draft of 2018, class, class of 2018 draft podcast. I, it sounds like there are college players, like it's a Grayson Janista from Wichita State or Griffin Conine, maybe Nick Madrigal from Oregon State. It's possible, but what I'll say is next year's draft, we just had a draft with three high school pitch, pitch, uh, players in the first three picks, and that happened also in 2014. This year's draft might be high school, high school, high school, high school, high school. The 2018 high school class sounds, uh, to ape Jim Rome, epic. It just sounds ridiculously good. The 18U team just got done laying waste to the World Cup. I mean, uh, they... It was big leaguers versus eight ball is what one uh, observer told me. And I just had a scout yesterday tell me, best 18U team I ever saw. Not even close. Uh, so, yeah, it's possible that the high school class greater than the college class. I think the gap is a yawning gap. Because I like Griffin Conine. He can really hit. He's left field only. He's not the racquetball or handball player or athlete that is old man. But he can hit. He's got, he's got power. Jeff pride of uh, Eisenhower High School. UCLA alum, for sure. Um, we have, uh, do you think if the Angels get out of their upcoming homestand, can they win the second wild card? I'm going to start with JJ because I know that Kyle will go a little bit longer. Angels, second wild card, or twins, JJ? Twins right now. And I know I said the other way. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm wavering. But it's twins. okay. Well, actually, I, I, I picked the Orioles, so it shows what yeah. I know. I mean, to me, I keep waiting for the Twins to fall off, and it just isn't At happening. At some point, At a certain say, point, just say props. The, the Twins and the Brewers are two teams that 
I've been waiting for two months, and especially when we thought the twins did fall off, and then they rose back from the dead. At a certain point, just give them props. You know, I go back to the Angels. I starting pitching. Andrew Heaney got pulled again. You know, it's supposedly, well, supposedly think, not an issue. And this is, but the thing about this is, anytime the Angels are in any way in postseason contention, I feel like that this is a September tradition at this point. Yeah. Of being like, okay, who's so, pitching tomorrow? Yeah. I mean, of, of it being like, okay, the great thing about forty-man raw expanded rosters is, is we can throw thirteen pitchers today, and we're going to need to because we don't have a starter today. It is uh, not a problem that has gone away in the last four years. It's amazing. Um, it got better this year, but Parker Bridwell's turned back into a pumpkin. It would have. It would have. No, appeared. he had a nice last start. He uh, he had one. He, he only had one bad start. He can't be your. He can't be your best starting pitcher. That's the problem. He, he just can't be your best starting pitcher. And I'm happy for him to have had a good year. Um, JJ, you identified this question from Will Garrity. Do you think Stephen Brault, bro, Brault? Uh, oh. I think it's Brault. Has close, a chance. Close, high. Uh, another San Diego in San Diego, San Diego mm-hmm. uh, has a chance to stick in the road. Did you have a chance to stick next year for the Pirates? Did you see him yesterday? I think again, the pitching depth the Pirates have in their organization for me, stick Glasnow in the bullpen, let him eat. Uh, and yeah, I think Brawl, I think he absolutely. I think he's had Triple to work. All Star for us. He's had Brawl. to work through some things. He's had to kind of. He's a different pitcher now than he was a few years ago. He's still learning how to use that a lot. He's of command over control, it appears. He will rather walk you than give in to you. Mm-hmm. But the stuff is legit stuff, absolutely legit stuff, better stuff than it was when they acquired mm-hmm. him. And, again, you, you know, the depth of the Pirates pitching is one of the best things they have going into 2018. You know, that's they had a, a pretty nightmare season in a lot of ways, I think, really – Starting with when Marte yeah. went down, and when their, <laughs> went when their down, third baseman suspended. When, their, when, their, when Marte got suspended, and their third baseman couldn't get out of Korea because he couldn't get a visa, it, it all <laughs> went not it, what you want. It, it, it all derailed quickly. Yeah, it's not what you want. Um, last but not least, couple of questions. Uh, Philip Roper, would an outfield of present day Christian Pache, Ender Inciarte, and Ronald Acuna be the best defensively in baseball, and who would play center field? JJ, our uh, See, I, I got to give you two practical answers. Yes, that would. I mean, that's that's three center fielders. Acuna being easily, I'd say, the the weakest of those three. But the answer is who's going to play center field in that is Enciarte because this is how it goes. Andrew Jones came up with the Braves. Speaking of Braves, Andrew right. Jones came up. Andrew Jones is the best center fielder of, of our generation. Of our generation, defensively. defensively. Can I get a Jim Edmonds vote in there? No, because no. <laughs> you're wrong, and it's not even close. It's not yeah, close. he makes better diving catches on balls that Andrew, Andrew was camped. camped. Yeah, Andrew was like, "Okay, I'm waiting for it," and Jim Edmonds was like, "I'll lay out," you know. But um, but Andrew was the best, and when he came up, they're like, well, "You got to play right field." Yeah, you we know, have Gold Glove Marquise Grissom in center field, dude. Was it? Like, it was like, Grissom in '96 when he came yeah, up, and then '97 was Lofton, Lofton, and they're still like, "You got to play right field." And he was the best. I mean, again, he probably looked at Kenny Lofton and said, "Did you really just try to throw that ball? Because it didn't go anywhere." I'll throw left-handed and throw harder than you. But so that's what I'm saying is, is that the the young guy coming up does not generally just push aside the guy who is one of the better center Who's fielders. The gold glove, yes, the gold glove center fielder does not go. 
hey, you got this 20-year-old? Great. Um, yeah, so left field for me? No, that's well, not I think works. back even, you know, more recently, the Angels, when Mike Trout came up, they had, well, first Peter Borges, but really it was Torrey Hunter, and eventually Torrey Hunter did have to move to right, but that was a process. It was a conversation where they sat Torrey Hunter down, they talked to him, they had to show him, you know, the video, how he wasn't getting to the balls anymore. The, the veteran is always hey, going to receive the How long did Andrew treatment. McCutcheon, like, again, you know... And he went back to center right. field this year and played better center field than he played right field. But. Right, but Andrew McCutcheon and Starling Marte, they weren't playing... Andrew McCutcheon in center because he was necessarily the better defensive center fielder. They were playing because Starling Marte is not going to move him out of his position. Yeah, those things are, uh, the politics of that are, uh, again, it's not, you're not playing strat. You are dealing with a real human being. So uh, last but not least, uh, since you saw, I'll give Brian Guerrero the last word. Uh, Chance Adams, future starter, high leverage reliever. You saw him late in the International League. Just your, you know, We've read a lot about him. What was your initial take? My initial take was you look at the pitch mix and the delivery and you say reliever and that's what he was for most of his career. But at a certain point, the guy's been so successful for too long now, for two straight years in the upper minors, you're going to give him a chance to start. And then we talk about one of the things I think I've learned most my first full year here at Baseball America, start to finish, is a lot of people are very, very quick to throw reliever on a guy. Mm -hmm. I mean, we heard that about Luke Weaver, oh, he's going to be a two-pitch reliever. Well, actually, he's in the majors right now looking really good as a starter. And he's right. following up on the, uh, uh, I just blinked on the name. You know what I'm talking about, fastball changeup, uh, first-rounder, Michael Walker. Oh, Michael Walker. Yeah, Michael Walker. Michael Walker, the, the knock on him was, Fastball, you know, fastball changeup guy, he's going to be a reliever. And it's like, no, he's had a... And, and but you look at Mike Clevenger's delivery. That is as reliever as it's a relief gets. delivery. That's reliever and hair and reliever he's, delivery. And he's starting and starting well. Now, it's taken him a little bit of time, but he's up there doing it well. So for but me, that's, with, okay. Chance, with Chance Adams, give him the chance. Do I still, from what I saw, would I, would I still say reliever just based purely off vision? Yes, but... There's a lot of guys that are starting in the majors like that. And the thing is, we, we've this is the last. I think it's the second uh, Facebook live in a row where we, when we talk about the Yankees, I, I forget. And I think we haven't mentioned Sonny Gray could also be that that starter. He's been quite good. So they traded for him. One of the mm -hmm. questions on the Facebook live was best starter trade of the deadline. Yeah, probably I, was I, Sonny I, Gray. I, tw I tweeted out the other day that Quintana's been okay, not great. Yes, just Darvish has been horrendous. Hellickson, Cahill, that second tier has, has been Garcia fluid for has an been, open fire. Get out of our rotation. I mean, Sonny Gray has been not only the best, he's been far and away the best. The second best has probably been Erasmo Ramirez with the Mariners. I'll tell you, it hasn't been uh, Marco Gonzalez with the Mariners. That was, uh, no. that was one of the odder ones uh, of the trade. Uh, Mariners made a lot of trades, uh, still kind of treading water. So this was fun. A lot of good questions. Thank you guys all for the questions. For JJ and for Kyle, I want to remind you that our followers, we want to thank our followers for tuning in. I'm having a hard time reading things today, so I'm going to start over. Did thank you to our followers this morning. I did, and that's a terrible excuse. Uh, thank you to our followers for tuning in today. Our podcasts and Facebook Lives are all sponsored by Baseballism. Don't forget to shop now, Baseballism. Enter the code BASHIP and receive free shipping on your order. Visit baseballism.com for the hats, for the shirts, much, much more. Thank you, Baseballism, for the sponsorship. Thank you for watching. We'll see you on the next Baseball America Facebook Live. So long, everybody. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.